Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good week. We continue the journey in the life-changing Sefer HaTanya. This program is made possible by Rena Lights LLC, and it is in honor and memory of Rav Yosef Halevi Weinberg Olav Shalom and Rav Meisha Pinchas Akoyin Katz Olav Shalom. It's also in the schus and merit of Rav Zevi Cheskel Hakoyin and Risha Katz Leirich Yomim B'Shanim Tevis for many healthy years. So we are in Chapter Two of Tanya Peirik Beis, a fascinating discussion and understanding the very personality and the essence of a soul. So after explaining at the end of chapter one that each Jew has an, what we call a nefesh habamis, an animal soul, that's focused on survival and it's focused on being part and existing and doing what it takes to, to survive in this world. So basically coming from the world of klipas nega, from that energy called klipas nega, where the divine is concealed within a shell, so now we're talking about the second neshav, nefesh hashenis, which is called chelik alekam mal mamash, very strong term. So it's not the divine as it's concealed in something; it is a piece of the divine, as we explained. Peace doesn't mean literally a piece; it means that it is similar in its personality and identity to the very source. Whereas existence, including the animal soul, including everything in the material world is created by the divine, but the divine is concealed within it because it is its creator. Now we're talking about an entity that actually has a divine personality, which is of course necessary because if you're going to in any way affect this world and change the world and refine it and turn it into a home for the divine, a Dutabitachtenim, you have to have that type of divine power. You can't just have the divine energy that's created you. We're talking about changing the creation and transforming it, turning the material world into an environment where God is comfortable. Or in the language of, of halacha, turning the physical material world into a chefzah into a holy object, taking a, a cloth, which is parchment made from the hide of an animal, and turning it into a sefateira, or a mezuzah, or a tefillin, is a transformation. And the same thing with every mitzvah, every good deed. So transforming the world and turning it into a godly abode, a godly sanctuary, that requires godly power. So the neshama is sent to this world with that nefesh hashenis in order to be able to actually have that divine power to transform existence. Now in explaining what this means, the Alter Rebbe brings what we call three steps. First he brings v'yipach ba'apav nishmas chayim. That God infused the soul, but he used the word neficha vayipach, comes from the innermost, the innards of a person's breath. It's not just like speaking. Creation that we just discussed, existence, was created through God's words. But the neshama, the nefesh hashenis, the nefesh alekis, is, 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 comes through vayipach, from an inner more, inner, um, inner more dimension from within godliness, giving it that divine personality. The second point he brought is that it says Yisrael Olav Machshava. Machshava, Machshava in the God's thought, which means 
that it's not just coming from God's speech, but it's called God's thought. And, and then he brought the third point that's connected to that the neshamas are compared to b'ni b'cheri Yisrael, b'nimatem l'ashem alekechem, to a child. So now, in this example with a child, that we're compared to a child, this neshama is compared to a child, this nefesh alekis, now, just as, a, just as a human child, a biological child, comes from the very essence of its father, like he said, nimshech that's where the seed comes from, which of course carries more than just moyachav. It's not just the mind of the father, it's the etzim of the father. Because a mind, just the mind itself, a teacher also conveys intelligence to a student. But the student doesn't come from the etzim, from the very core of the teacher. Whereas a child is a, actually like the father, like the parents, but a separate entity. So here, of course, one could ask the question, one minute, didn't you just say it's part of the divine personality? Now we're suddenly introducing the word machshave, moyach, mind. So as we shall discuss in this upcoming class, as we continue on, chachme meyach, and Chochmah and Machshaveh are all united with the divine. Just as it is with a human being. Through Dibur, when you speak, you're speaking to another. And it's so-called, the words leave you and express themselves to something outside of you. Your thought is connected to you. Only you know what you're thinking. Your thought is united. The garment that's united with your mind. And your mind is the most reflective of who your soul is like. When a person uses other faculties, they're also coming from within you, but like we said with Bayipach, it's not necessarily coming from the deepest part of a person. Whereas the mind, on a conscious level, is the closest expression of the very essence of who a person is. But here we're going more than just mind. We're talking about actually like a child. So you see here an interesting paradox. On one hand, it's literally the child is coming from the very essence of the parent, of the father. On the other hand, the child is an independent entity. Once a child is born and comes into this world, it's a separate entity. But it carries the essence. So too with Anashama, the Nefesh Alekis, it's sent to this world. So it's going to be a separate entity. Technically, it's separate because it's not one with God in the sense where then it would be in a state that could not come into this world. You need the child to enter the world and become an independent entity that will function as an individual, and do whatever it has to accomplish. The same thing, the neshama remains in the spiritual realms, in Gan Eden and higher, all the way up in its root, it will not accomplish what it needs to accomplish. So it needs to, on one hand, be born, so to speak, and come into this world, but it carries the essential DNA, the very essence of divine energy. That And that travels through the moyach and the machshave. And hence those words. We will understand this better as we go along. But the point here is that is we have here both a- aspects of what a Rishama truly is. And that is a paradox on one hand. But it teaches us how we can bring the very essence of godliness in this world, which is carried through this Rishama, that Vayipach, that God inf- infused it with his very inner essence, like breath, the inner breath, the divine breath, the divine more than just breath, but like nefich with a blow, with intensity. The machshave moyach, which is the highest faculties 
in the mushal and the same thing in the nimshal in the moral way God functions as well. And finally, that we're like a child. And that child comes from that moyach and machshava of the av, of the parent. Okay, but now we're faced with a dilemma. And this is where we'll continue learning inside. We're faced with a dilemma. God, we know, is beyond chachmah. The fact that a human being, you could say, of course, that a human being, our wisdom is our greatest conscious faculty. And it's connected to who we are. We express ourselves that way. In the context of having a child, the child comes from the concentration. And someone had written to me that the pituitary gland in the, at the top of the spine, which is connected to the mind, and today it's clearly known that that is, controls the glands and controls as well hormones, as well as the seed that comes, that's necessary for conception. But that, in a human being, you can explain it, because a human being has all these faculties, and yes, in this example, these faculties divine the very essence of what the person is. But when it comes to the Ebeshter, we know that God is beyond any type of structure, any type of expression, even Chachma. For us, Chachma is a big thing. We're a created entity. But when, once you're introducing Chachma and Machshava, how does that apply to God? How can we say God manifests himself in there? So that's what the Alter Rebbe is going to address. When it comes to a human being, a human being is a finite, defined structure. So yes, a child is different than a student in the sense that a child comes from the essence of the parent, which travels through the mayach, through the mind. And as a result, the child is born. But when it comes to God, God is beyond any type of structure, beyond any definition, including Chachman. So how do we associate the soul to God himself when we're talking about the Chachma of God? You could say the Neshama rooted in the Chachma of the divine. But then it's not the very divine, pure, the pure divine personality. You then have to say the distinction between a soul, between a Nefesh the Kis, and the rest of creation, including the animal soul, it comes from a higher level. The rest of the world comes from Dibur, speech. Whereas the neshama comes from God's thought, God's mind, but what about God himself? God is higher than his thought and higher than his mind. And that's what the Al-Tareb is going to now answer and address. In simpler terms, it means that we want the neshama to be not just an expression of God's mind, but an expression of God himself, more than just so-called the intellectual expression of the divine. So we're going to learn now inside in answering this question, which is going to explain the difference between God's wisdom and our wisdom. So though, yes, it's an example that we use to understand how God's, how God, the neshama, how the neshama comes from God the same way the child comes from a parent, but nevertheless, there's a distinction. And this distinction, interestingly, is going to teach us something even furthermore. Not just that, that we're reaching God and not just the mind of God, but that through the mind of God, we actually become one with God himself which is not the case when we're talking about the human beings. 
Because even though a child comes from the essence of the parent, of the father, but he's not one with the father. And here we want it to be a chelika lekam mal mamish. So let's learn now inside. So he says like this. After the words we're saying that Kamoisha ben Nimshik Mamoyachaav. Just as a child is derived from the brain of the father, from the mind of the father. Likewise, each person in Israel, every Yeshama, is derived from God's thought and wisdom, so to speak. That's what we finished learning last week, so now he continues. The Ihu. So now he's going to explain what is the uniqueness of the way God's mind, so to speak, works. So he says, concerning God's wisdom, it says in the, this is from Tikkun Ezeyar, he is wise, but not with wisdom as we know it. An interesting expression, he's wise, but not with wisdom as we know it. This does not just mean that he's wiser than we are, and that we can't understand his wisdom because it's beyond us. But on a qualitative level, his wisdom is completely of a different sort. And the Altareb explains. Because the way we know something is we know, we and our knowledge are not connected with each other. Yes, you know something, but you know information or data or facts that are outside of you, and now you've become aware of it. In other words, you acquire knowledge. But when it comes to God, Ella, who, echad. In the case of God, he and his wisdom are one. In other words, there's no such concept as God knowing something outside of himself, because there's nothing outside of God. So whatever he knows is like knowing it from within himself. In a few moments, the Al-Tadab is going to say it's not something we can fully understand, but we can Understand it through Yediyah Sashlila, through negating the way it is by us. And why is this so vital? Because we're now going to see how when we talk about Chachm of the God, it's of a different caliber altogether. And all that's going to be relevant to how the Neshama emerges and is derived from there. Because let's, let's say this again. Why is it not enough to say that just God created a Neshama, the Neshama is a piece of him. Why do we have to go into the whole concept of Chachm in the first place? Because we want this Neshama to have an identity, a divine identity, but an identity that's an individual, that's, that's disconnected, not spiritually disconnected, but technically disconnected as it comes into this world. We want it to be like a child. If it's just an extension of the father, then it's not like that child that comes into this world to transform the world. So therefore we need an entity that we can relate to, and that's Chachmah. And we're going to understand shortly how Chachmah is God's tool, an instrument for expressing His very self, but in a way that you can hold on to it. And yet we need to understand both parts. There's the Chachmah part, which is something that you can say, okay, from that Chachmah, from that thought and mind of God, the Nisham is derived from. But then there's an aspect which reflects and expresses the divine that's beyond Chachmah. So that's why he says these two opposites. It's Chakim, 
He is wise, but not with wisdom as we know it. Because the way we know wisdom, wisdom is something that is separate from us, that we acquire. When it comes to God, the wisdom is part of Him. As the Rambam writes, in Hilchus Yisrael Teira, chapter two, halacha yud, and also in Hilchus Shuva, chapter five, halacha hey. So, what does the Rambam say? That unlike human beings, where our knowledge, as I said, is not one with us, when it comes to the Eibushter, to God, the power to know, the knower, and the known are all one. When you look at the whole Rambam, also brings Vuhuah Yedua. So that's what Rambam says, and the Rambam says, uh, continues, But this concept defies our moral ability to understand and comprehend. Like it says, can you find God by searching? This is an Eeuw of Yudal of Zion. Uksiv, and it also says, and it's also written, for my, thoughts, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's in Yeshaya 55.8. And these are all brought in the Rambam. So what do we get from all of this? Let's just, let's just unwrap this a bit, unpack this. So on one hand, we suddenly are using, we're using the word chachma, chakim, mada, yodeya, God knows, God mind, God's thought. And yet we're saying it's unlike anything that we know. It's unlike the wisdom. We, it's not a wisdom as we know it. It's unlike our wisdom. So right here you have this paradox, which is so critical to the whole picture. When you talk about the creation of the world, existence, so yes, there's a Beira and a Nivra. There's a creator and there's a creation. The creation, of course, is God's handiwork. Think of it like the art created by an artist or the music composed by a musician. In this case, the cosmic musician, the cosmic artist. So you have a certain clear boundary. And the and we're talking about not the first soul, the animal soul, because animal soul is in the same category as general existence, in general terms. Now that you're suddenly introducing a soul that you're saying is a chelika mamish. So one second, is this a creation? Or is this a divine force? We know it's not the creator, God forbid, because there's only one God. That's clear. Is it purely same as creation? Also not. What is it? It's coming from the innermost dimensions of the divine, by Yipach, from the thought, not just speech. So now we have something in this world that is part of this world, but it's also not part of this world. It's part of this world, but it has a divine personality. And therefore, it's in a sense beyond existence and therefore can transform existence. And how does that manifest? That manifests through the Abish to creating a whole system beginning with Chochmah, Achakim. From that Chochmah comes the Moya Cha'av, comes the child. In the Nimshal, in the moral, B'ni B'cheri Yisrael, Abonim Atem L'Hashem we are children of God. And as a child, you have both aspects. 
On one hand, you're separate from the father. On the other hand, you have the essence and the essence of the father. You're not a stranger. You're not a student. So it's like the child of God walking this earth with the power to change this world. But the issue is, so how does God relate to his Chochmah? So that's the second half of it. That we're talking about God, that we can't fully understand this, but the fact is that God does have Chochmah, but it's not a Chochmah we can relate to. So we have a bridge here, a type of interface. It's God's Chochmah, but it's a Chochmah beyond us. But there's something now where the neshama can originate from. There's something that we can understand, we can at least understand that it didn't just come straight from God without, like, kol God can do anything he wants, so he sends a soul to this world. But God wants it in a way that it should be, that we should understand it, and it should be part of a process. So this is the process. That there's machshoveh, that's where the root of the child is, in this case, the neshama. And that chachma itself carries within it Godliness, because God and his Chachma are one. Unlike anything we could understand. Unlike wisdom as we understand it. Quoting the Rambam. Now it's interesting that Alter Rebbe emphasizes that we don't understand it. And yet he's, he's quoting it all. So you could say, if we don't understand it, why are you bringing this? Because that's exactly the point. We can understand something we don't understand. So we have both elements here. We have Chachma, we have our wisdom. As a Ben, we can relate to this divine personality. But that itself, that we don't understand God, is also an understanding. It's an understanding that God is beyond us. So don't look at it just as saying, oh, we don't know. We do know, because God told us, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. And you can't find it in a direct search. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about it. And as we do, that itself is what the Nisham introduces into this world. That w- the world itself, including the Nefesh is the animal soul, understands what it understands. It could even be dedicated to what God wants. But to be able to appreciate the divine that's beyond us, beyond existence, that's what the Nishama carries. So you can say the Altar Rebbe bringing this is helping that itself is what the neshama appreciates. That God in some way is, yes, has wisdom, but at the same time, his wisdom is unlike any wisdom as we know it. He and his wisdom are one. But this still needs explanation. It needs a lot of explanation. Because now we're dealing with and addressing an issue which the Alter Rebbe now is going to talk about in the Haggah. That's going to be our next piece of learning. And that is... So what's going on here? How does this work? On one hand, God is beyond existence, beyond any structure, beyond any definition. That's what makes God, God. The existence, as we know it, is filled with definitions. Everything is defined. Everything is structured. There's nothing in existence that doesn't have a structure. Now you're telling me that God is sending a neshama, and that on one hand has that pure godliness, on the other hand is coming to this world like a child, of its parent, of its father. So is this neshama defined or not defined? Or better put, since it's rooted in the, in the divine, all the way, what about God himself? If God is beyond definition, how exactly does he connect with definition? So it's true, the Altar Rebbe made that statement, but what's the explanation behind it? 
And this is where the Haggad, this gloss that the Alter Rebbe adds, which is not negated to the Etzeminion that's discussed in Tani. That's why it's a gloss. It's Haggad. But it's negated in the Havona Senyonim. If you want to understand it well, this gloss will help understand, and in a short few lines, the Alter Rebbe is going to establish one of the most fundamental principles of how we find divine unity in a world that's filled with diversity, the multitudes. Basically, the Achdus Hashem, Unification of a one God, Hashem Echad, with a, multi, with a universe of details. And this Kabbalah, Chassidus, come to explain with what we know about the Eshes Spheres, the ten spheres. So I'm going to give a small introduction. We're going to learn this in the next class inside. And the introduction is this. The Etzem, the Etzem, in essence, God does not need anything to create existence. And that's it. There's an expression I mentioned, kol yachl, God can do whatever he wants. But God wanted the world to have a structure. And including in that structure is a logic. Not our logic, God's logic. He wanted it to be a logical structure. Why he wanted it that way, we may never know. But that's what he wants. And the proof is that's what he created. He created us with minds, and he created a system that we could understand. He didn't just create for example, the Rashi says, everything was created in that first day, and then each day it emerged from that so-called Hiyuli, from the, the Ramban's language, from that so-called amorphous uh, nuclear, from that um, nebulous uh, United State. Like similar to a child that's conceived. So you have a seed that fertilizes an egg, a child is conceived, but initially it's one cell, and that cell then splits. Why do we need to have that? Why? If God wants a child, make a child like Adam and Chava were created at 20 years old. Why do you need to go through a whole process? And why the creation? Abraham needs seven days to six days to create and then Shabbos? If you're a creator, <laughs> you don't need six days. And if you're not a creator, six days won't help you. But he wanted a structure. Yem Echad, Yem Sheni, Yem Shlishi, etc. He wanted a structure. And that structure is part of what we call tachtenim, this world. It actually defines this world by time and space. But the dilemma is, how now did you bridge, you bridge an undefined God that's beyond structure and beyond logic and beyond anything, beyond chachma and beyond yidiyah? How do you bridge that godliness with this existence? Now you could argue who says you need to bridge. But that's the point. God wants us to bridge it. That's the kavonah doesn't want to remain be a part. He wants us to have a relationship. And that is where Kabbalah and Chassidus introduced the concept of spheres, the esospheres. That on one hand, they're the divine attributes. On the other hand, they're beyond us. And on the other hand, they are... Well, on one hand, they're divine, they're divine attributes. They're divine and connected with the divine. On the other hand, they are attributes. So we can relate to them. And this we'll discuss in the next shir. If you want to access previous classes, go to tanyaapply.com. You can also ask your questions there. Call Tuf and everyone have a very good week. This has been My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapply.com for archived classes and more resources.